moon has risen. It is time to tell stories of the strange and sometimes terrifying. A black cat brings us a true story. A vampire bat bites into a tall tail. An owl flies in a story from other worlds. This is Blood Moon Podcast. I'm your Blood Moon host, Andrew Carey. If you have a strange story or terrifying tale you want brought to life, please make your submission at bloodmoonpodcast.com. Now, turn up the sound and turn off the lights. Our animal totems have stories to tell. Alicia shares her owl story about a spiritual experience with alien beings. For her, it was an awakening. I was laying on my bed about two years ago, and I had this feeling of eternal peace. And these two alien heads, green, not gray, appeared. I didn't see their bodies go into my room, but they were hovering above me. This was in the beginning of my spiritual awakening, and I didn't try to summon any aliens or anything. Nor was I even into the matter of people seeing aliens. It was really out of nowhere, but the energy was so calming. I had clear cognizance, and I was channeling a message. You're alright. Everything that's gonna happen to you is what's supposed to happen to you. They observed me for about 15 minutes, and to be honest, I never said anything to them. I think back on it almost every day now, because I never got a resolution for it. I suppose I didn't know what to ask. I feel I lost my window. It was a -a once-in-a-lifetime thing that could have happened to anyone. And it passed me. I look back and I'm like, why didn't I say anything? I feel like it was more of a feeling type thing. I'm still not sure why they visited me, but I wish I could have this experience again to know why. 
welcome back. A vampire bat bites into a ghostly tail. A spirit accompanied one sister and frightened the other. It's called The Following. sister has a ghost that's followed her around for years. I lived with her once for about three months, and so much weird stuff happened in that time. Things like going to bed with everything locked up and switched off, and then waking up in the morning with the back door open, the lights on, and the kettle switched on. All my sister would say to me when I mentioned it, was that her ghost didn't like me being there. One night my sister and I were getting ready to go out, and I asked to borrow her liquid foundation. I used it and put it back where she kept her makeup. Ten minutes later, she's asking me for it, and it was nowhere to be seen. She accused me of taking it, and made me buy her a new one. She refused to listen to my side of the story. About a year or so later, when she was packing to move to a new house, she found the makeup in a shoebox with some old letters. The shoebox was in a zipped-up suitcase that was underneath her bed. But probably the most scared I ever felt was one afternoon when I was the only one in the house, which never happened as four other people lived there. I arrived home from work and headed straight to the bathroom. All the doors and windows were closed. I was standing in the bathroom and started squeezing a pimple on my chin when a female voice in the hall said, Stop picking your zits. It was loud enough and sounded real enough, and at the time, I thought it was my sister. (laughs) Go screw. Hey, what are you doing for dinner? No answer. I stuck my head out into the hall. No one there. I searched the house top to bottom, and there was no one home. I sat out on the front porch until someone else got home, because I didn't want to be in there alone.
accounts of demonic possession are disturbing, but this story of two young boys bewitched by evil is truly terrifying. They became sons of the devil. It began with seemingly innocent playing with an imaginary friend. Eventually, the young brothers Theobald and Joseph Bruner began painting demonic faces on their bedroom wall and spoke to them. Theobald 10 and Joseph 8 were the sons of a farmer. Living in Ilfirth, France, they first displayed troubling behavior in September of 1865. Things rapidly grew more sinister. The brothers showed strong adverse reactions to symbols of the Catholic faith. A rosary was placed on their bed while they slept. Immediately the boys awoke and scampered into hiding until the rosary was removed. The boys also gained the ability to speak multiple foreign languages. Their bodies would contort in painful positions for several hours. Limbs nodded, backs arched upwards, while simultaneously standing on their heads and feet. No amount of human strength could untangle them, yet somehow they would quickly unwind their bodies. Father Carl Bray was brought to the Bruner home, and he recorded his observations. At times, their bodies bloated, as if about to burst. When this happened, the boy would vomit, whereby yellow foam, feathers, and seaweed would come out of his mouth. Often, their clothes were covered with evil-smelling feathers. No matter how often their shirts and outer clothing were changed, new feathers and seaweed would appear. The bedroom would become excruciatingly hot and levitation became the norm. Not only would the boys float about, but furniture went airborne, drapes would fall, and the windows would open with intensity. On one occasion their mother was seated on their bed. It began shuddering and rose off the floor and threw her to the opposite corner. Father Bray noted that, when clergymen or pious Catholic visited the house, the possessed children crawled hastily under a table or bed, or jump out the window. <laughs> <laughs> 
However, when a person without such holy convictions entered the home, the possessed boys exuberantly declared, That one is one of ours. They should all be like that. The beast within the boys gave them clairvoyant abilities. They seemed to know when someone had died at the exact moment, and then mockingly ring a bell of mourning. For an hour, Theobald rang his invisible bell. For whom do you ring the bell? For Gregor Kunigal. Kunigal's daughter was appalled by this statement. You liar, my father is not even ill. He is working on the new boys' seminary building as a mason. That may be, but he just had a fall. Go and check on it. Gregor Kunigal was indeed found dead. He apparently fell from the scaffolding, breaking his neck. It became abundantly clear to Father Bray and his bishop that the boys were possessed by something inhuman. Along with their parents, they concluded that an exorcism must be performed. Theobald was the first child to be taken to St. Charles Orphanage near Strasbourg. The orphanage's superior, Father Stump, began the exorcism. After remaining silent for three days, Theobald suddenly proclaimed, I have come, and I am in rage. A nun asked, And who are you? I am the Lord of Darkness. Fury had erupted, forcing the exorcist to put the boy in a straitjacket. Head lice infested the boy's scalp. Holy water was then poured onto the boy's head, causing the infliction to vanish. Father Stump called upon the Virgin Mary as Theobald squirmed in agony. Finally, he fell into a deep slumber. When he awoke, he had no memory of the ritual. Father Bray performed the rite on Joseph. He battled for hours until the devil within the child was driven out. Like his older brother, Joseph had no memory of the exorcism and was astonished to find himself in the orphanage. Unfortunately, a long, pleasant life was not the destiny of either child. Theobald died when he was 16, while Joseph passed away at the age of 25. The blood moon is setting. Thank you, Alicia, for sharing your experience. You can read her account on Reddit. The story Sons of the Devil were researched and written by Andrew Carey. Sources for this episode can be found in the show's notes and at bloodmoonpodcast.com. 
Music and sound effects by Blood Moon Podcast. Other sound effects are from freesound.org. Before we close this episode's casket, I ask you to keep the animal totems happy. Please subscribe, review, and tell your family and friends about Blood Moon Podcast. Thank you for listening.